Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Does anybody think smoking is a good idea these days? Well, there's plenty of information out there about the dangers of cigarette smoking, but also at other forms of tobacco. And today we're going to be talking with senior at Kamehameha Schools, Josh Ching, and possibly with our lieutenant uh, governor here, Josh Green, about what are some of the efforts being made by the Tobacco-Free Coalition and what are we doing to try and eliminate the tobacco that is being promoted in some cases to our youth right here in the islands. So starting off, thank you for joining me today, Josh Ching. Thank you for having me. Now, you're a senior in school, in high school, and you've become passionate about this cause for the last several years or so. What got you interested and started in trying to focus on eliminating the tobacco use for your fellow students? Yeah, so I initially joined the the Coalition for Tobacco Free Hawaii's Youth Council um, because I wanted an opportunity to engage in government somehow. It was something that I've been interested for uh, interested in for a long time. So as a freshman, I thought this would be an awesome opportunity to get to talk to my state legislators and push, you know, for different bills that would go through during the legislative session. Um, but as the years drew on and I continued uh, in doing the coalition's work, um, I came to realize how important this issue really was because it affected communities that were close to home. Uh, Native Hawaiians are disproportionately or disproportionately impacted by the vaping epidemic because the tobacco industry targets uh, these uh, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander communities through predatory marketing. I've seen my own friends start to use these products um, out of places of anxiety, and it came uh, to my understanding that this was something that affected communities that were important to me that I genuinely cared about. And so that's the primary reason that I've been continuing to fight for all of these causes um, throughout my time in high school. So you've sort of become of age during the time when vaping has become a concern. So for those folks who may not necessarily be doing things like smoking combustible tobacco cigarettes, there's other ways that people can get exposure to nicotine. What is your understanding of how vaping came about? Um, So vaping is sort of an emerging market in the tobacco industry right now, specifically because it's been marketed as this alternative to conventional cigarettes um, as a way for uh, mainly current smokers to like, I guess, transition off of cigarettes into um, a safer option as they uh, propose it, despite the fact that e-cigarettes are also uh, deadly. They contain deadly chemicals like nicotine and formaldehyde. Um, And I think the the boom in this industry specifically comes with that type of marketing alongside the creation of flavored e-cigarette products, which has definitely helped to hook generations of young kids, has helped to hook my generation um, specifically through using flavors that, you know, mimic popular candy um, and in our state, uh, different uh, different aspects of our, of our local culture, whether it's uh, things like Mauna Dew or Pog that are specific flavors to these cigarettes. So it's really just a combination of different marketing tactics from the tobacco industry that has given rise to this, this new product. Well, and I remember when I was young, which was many years ago, that there was still allowed to be tobacco advertisements. There would be in magazines, there would be on billboards, it was still something you would see often on TV even, you could see it in movies, that it was very much a common occurrence to see the marketing of tobacco 
for cigarettes and there was flavored cigarettes, etc. Then those kind of fell on the wayside. And now we're talking about vaping products. So it almost seems like some of the same restrictions that we had previously dealing with some of the tobacco combustible cigarettes, we might want to look at putting the, some of those same restrictions on these electronic cigarettes. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. I'm curious, in, in your experience, do you have friends who have become enamored by the idea of vaping? Uh, yeah. So, like, I, I think that um, a lot of the a lot of the conventional wisdom around vaping, or a lot of the things that people believe in terms of that, um, is that vaping is just a, you know, uh, it's just water vapor. That it's you know a safer alternative to smoking. When in reality, it does c- contain all of the you know different chemicals that I mentioned. And I think it's definitely something that uh, that that misconception of safety when it comes. Uh, you know, to the youth perception of, of these vaping products has definitely allowed it to increase in popularity and is one of the main reasons that we're trying to crack down on the tobacco industry through the use of our, you know, different pieces of legislation, um, basically to end the youth vaping epidemic right now, since Hawaii has one of the highest middle and high school uh, vaping rates across the nation. Well, and we have Lieutenant Governor Josh Green on the line. Josh, as a fellow physician, tell me, what do you feel are some of the health impacts of vaping, and why is this such a big concern, particularly here in the islands? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, Right now, a couple things. We have a youth vaping epidemic, and when young people vape, they get a lot of nicotine into their system, and nicotine impacts our developing kids' brains. So we have to protect our keiki. Uh, Neurologic development if it's compromised, is not uh, recoverable. And that's an incredible price to pay for the use of an addictive substance. So that's the thing that drives me most crazy about this dialogue, where people say it doesn't do any harm. Well, it does. It does do harm if our young people's brains are developing. There are other impacts of nicotine, of course, on the cardiovascular system, on the heart, especially for people that are mature, older uh, individuals. But it's a, it's a trick. The you know, the vaping companies and the big tobacco folks use these, uh, these flavors as a hook. They get young people addicted. It affects their development. And then it goes throughout life uh, in the form of addiction. Well, and I think you've probably also seen some of the studies in the medical literature that have suggested that e-cigarettes don't actually effectively help people to quit smoking traditional combustible cigarettes, despite the fact that that was initially how they were marketed. Right. It's meant to get people hooked on tobacco. Uh, I'm sorry, well, ultimately tobacco, but nicotine first and then tobacco when they switch over. The FDA-approved options for adults who are trying to quit smoking are better. That's nicotine gum, patches, sprays, prescription medications, patches. Uh, That's available. But this product, especially flavored uh, vaping, is really just meant to be yet another way to get people hooked on um, the high, the nicotine buzz. And then it, of course, carries over to traditional cigarettes. So big problem, and it's not one that we should take lightly because an enormous number of young people that start it, uh, even younger than high school. I mean, high schoolers are, are in the middle of an epidemic. I think you mentioned it's one in three, but middle school kids, much younger, to where my daughter is in her life, you know, it's one in five. It's a big problem. So uh, this is not the way to go. It shouldn't be glamorized, and e-smoking devices have to be, you know, really, I guess, regulated. So 
Uh, that's my position, and it really it bothers me when I see young people being taken advantage of because they're so great and they're our future, uh, but they're going to end up sick if, if we don't do something about this. What are some of the efforts that you're spearheading now that are trying to address this from a public health perspective? Well, it's really young people that have been, in many ways, leading the charge here, as, as you know. Uh, they've been fighting for legislation to curtail the use of flavors in uh, vaping or cigarettes of any kind. Uh, E-cigarettes need to be taxed properly, which does prevent their use. We saw that uh, with a successful approach with smoking. You know, we put taxes on on individual cigarettes, packs of cigarettes, and that decreased their use really significantly. Uh, but this is like the next front on the you know the battle against addiction. So we we had a great success here fighting smoking. We increased the age to smoke. 21, and so we're trying to use a lot of that same model against e-cigarettes and vaping. It really will work over time, but it requires an awareness, and that's why I'm so proud of young people who are kind of leading the charge on education and health education in this area. Well, and Josh Ching, here you are, a young person leading this very charge, trying to help reduce the effects or the numbers of your current uh, classmates who might become uh, unfortunately attracted to the idea of vaping. Is this something that you've even seen some of your friends do and have you been able to discourage them with some of the facts about how this could potentially affect their future? Yeah, I think our, our coalition and, and definitely the Youth Council has been uh, has been amazing in doing peer-to-peer presentations to you know educate students about what these products actually are tell them the truth and dispel the, the misinformation that the tobacco industry is marketing to young kids. Um, I think that this is definitely an important step in trying to end the youth vaping epidemic is having those tough conversations with, with our friends uh, or for adults with their kids um, because this is the main way that we're going to you know, combat this on a, on a personal level um, with, with people that we care about. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. We are going to come right back with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green and Josh Ching, Senior at Kamehameha Schools, and talk some more about what all of us can do in our local community to help make sure that we can protect the next generation. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have Lieutenant Governor Josh Green on the line, in addition to Kamehameha Senior Josh Ching. And today we're talking about, could we ever make Hawaii a tobacco-free area? Well, it's certainly on the efforts of the legislation right now to take a look at some of the bills in progress, and also among the youth leaders like Josh, who are really trying to create a local grassroots effort to try and really combat this potential issue as we all look at some of the ways in which we've been successful at restricting regular tobacco combustible cigarettes, and maybe we can do the same with e-cigarettes. I'm curious, uh, Lieutenant Governor, do you feel as though there's enough public awareness of some of the complications and implications of vaping? We had that episode a few years ago where we were seeing young people having their lungs damaged by the effects of vaping too much. We don't hear about it that much in the news these days, but that doesn't mean it's gone away. 
No, you're totally right, Kathleen. I'm glad you're bringing awareness to this, and I'm glad Josh is engaged in this fight. We don't see enough. You know, we saw a spike in attention when that when that disaster occurred, when there were contaminants that really made for a lot of acute illness. But it's the chronic illness. It's the thousand after thousand after thousand of people who become addicted at a young age, whether it's middle school or high school, that ultimately hurt themselves in the long run. It may not hurt people in the immediate um, short course of time, but after they've had that stimulant and not developed their brains or have moved on to other even worse products, like traditional cigarettes, that's when we see the very high rates of lung disease, heart disease. We see strokes at an earlier age. We see people lost to heart attacks at a young age. There's all these uh, issues. And then there's other invisible challenges, which is that the uh, disparity, the number of people who are either in poverty or who are Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander uh, are at an even higher rate. And so that health disparity is particularly bad in our, our incredible state of Hawaii. And so we have to bring awareness to this now, long before we see the effects 10, 15, and 20 years later. And that's why having a sustained effort, talking about it, having young people kind of uh, bind together and, and square off with big tobacco is a really important move. Do you see that we're going to be able to have an impact in the immediate future? You mentioned your daughter's in medical, middle school, and that's at an age where they're starting to hear more about it, and maybe their their fellow classmates have siblings that might think it's cool, and they sort of show them the devices. How is it we can really have the greatest impact to protect our keiki now? Well, it's one by one. It's uh, peer-to-peer education, uh, like um, young Josh here is doing, that makes a really big difference. And it's difficult, I will admit, to uh, impact young people. In some cases, uh, they are really in an experimental phase of life. And a lot of people feel invulnerable at that age. I know that I did, and you probably did, uh, Dr. Kozak. But, you know, it, it, it is still very impactful to have the facts out there, to let people know, you know what the risks are. It, it is sometimes challenging, though, because when you don't see the immediate effects of something when you're young, it's hard to uh, be convinced. And that's why we always have to talk about these big public health issues. We talk about uh, drunk driving and we talk about smoking cigarettes and we talk about certain drug use. And a lot of times, you know, public health advice gets blown off unless there's a tragedy. In this case, the tragedy will come a decade or two later. And it really is just going to have to be a really consistent effort. But yes, education does work. And it certainly worked in the model with smoking. So. I don't see any reason we couldn't make it work also here, but usually it also does have to have kind of a little bit of oomph behind it, and that's why there have to be consequences and costs associated with the movement. That will also help a lot. Beyond doing additional taxes, which I think, as you mentioned, would be really helpful just to make it less accessible, uh, do we need to have more Internet regulation? Do we need to have some other type of an effort to restrict the availability of these products coming into the state? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. If it becomes uh, virtually impossible to get or very expensive because you have to import it, then far fewer young people will, will partake and start uh, vaping. That's always been the case. In fact, cost has a, a much larger impact on young people because they don't have as much uh, disposable income. So, yes, I think it would be very good if we could ban flavored anything here, any flavored tobacco or flavored vaping. And also we have to hold people who are selling the stuff to account. So 
that's a place where instead of punishing victims who are already addicted to tobacco or nicotine, uh, we should probably protect our youth by first focusing these fines and enforcement against the tobacco industry itself. That will have a very broad and deep impact. So those are the kind of policies that I support and that we see often suggested at the legislature, although there hasn't been a lot of action taken in the last few years, uh, in spite of the excellent work of Josh and, and his age mates and peers. That's why it has to be a continued effort. I always used to tell people, because I served for 14 years in the legislature, expect it to be three to five years before you get a bill passed. But you have to educate people. And the work that he's doing and that his friends are doing is really uh, with you educating a lot of people. Well, we definitely appreciate all the efforts that you've brought to the legislature for the last 14 years. And Josh King, you know, I hope to hear sometime that, you know, you've finished college and you're coming back to be in the legislature <laughs> to also work on this as well. When when you counsel some of your friends and peers, I'm curious, you know, here you are, you're a senior, people look up to you, the other underclassmen may look at you and sort of see you as a role model. What are some of the ways that you feel you've been able to have an impact even among your own friend group and your cohort? Um, you know, I take pride in a lot of the legislative work that our coalition does. Um, for me personally, I think I've been able to, um, I think our coalition has been able to make the most impact on the legislative level. I'm um, trying to build that grassroots support and in, uh, in trying to pass a lot of the bills that we've been pushing for over the past several years. Um, for this legislative session, that's HB 1570, which would end the sale of all flavored tobacco products. Uh, we're doing our best to try and meet with legislators, uh, meet with different organizations like the Association of Hawaiian Civic Clubs, uh, different uh, different educational organizations to try and garner support for our policy priorities. Um, that's what I've been mainly doing over the past several years, um, and I think that's where we've been able to make a lot of impact in terms of, you know, trying to influence uh, tobacco legislation and trying to crack down on the industry. Well, I can only imagine that, Lieutenant Governor, when you hear from the youth that are saying, we want this to be banned, you know, it's one thing to have the sort of idea that there's this potential banning of something that kids love and they don't really want to have it go away. But when you hear from people Josh Ching's age, from his cohort of folks, it must have a great impact when even the young people are saying, please do something legislatively about this. We don't want to see our friends and our relatives and our loved ones wind up going down this path, which we could prevent now. I would imagine that has a really good impact on the legislative folks who are making the decisions. It does. It always affected me um, about twice as much as hearing testimony from anyone else. When you had the young person take the time to educate themselves, overcome what often was a little bit of fear or trepidation about coming to the legislature and sitting there in a hearing and then preparing a statement and then delivering it. It's very impressive. It's very impressive to have young people lead that way. And I can't speak for other legislators. It's been in you know, three years since I was a legislator, since moving to the other office I'm of LG, but I was always kind of blown away when they would organize themselves at such a young age. And so I think that that should be more motivation to pass a bill. It's important that we respect young people and we respect their movements because ultimately that's going to determine whether or not they believe in democracy, whether they want to engage, whether they want to take up the big challenges in our state. So I think we should really listen to young people when they take a stand like this.
Well, and that we will. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about some of the efforts of the Tobacco-Free Coalition and how anybody who might have an interest can get involved. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we are talking today about how to limit the amount of flavored tobacco and other tobacco products that affect our youth and our other communities that seem to be targeted by some of the efforts to expand the use of these products. We have Lieutenant Governor Josh Green on the line and Josh Ching, my two Joshes today. He's a senior at Kamehameha Schools, and we're talking about what are some of the efforts going on currently in the legislature, but also among the youth to really limit the exposure to these types of products. And Lieutenant Governor, I know you're an extremely busy man. I appreciate you taking the time to share with us some of the efforts that you know are being made. I'm curious, how do you think other folks like Josh Ching can get involved if they want to? What are some of the other efforts that they might be able to take that would help them with their exposure to how the legislative process works, how to pass bills, and how to interact to make their community better? What can they do? Well, it's very easy to be proud of a guy like um, Josh Ching, who's already taken it up as a calling at age probably 17 or 18. What I would recommend is know who your state legislators are, who your state rep is, who your state senator is, and who your council member is. Uh, get them onto your speed dial, their offices, or if you can get their personal phone number. Get those numbers um, into your brain and then call them and communicate with them. Send them notes, send them letters, tell them you're paying attention. Even demonstrate that you're engaged in the political process and you're going to be active based on the results that you see. That means going out there and telling other people that legislators either did respect your voice or didn't. And we're such a, a real um, small state and we know people. We see each other in grocery stores, at school, at, at football games. It's pretty easy to uh, be in direct contact with your legislator or elected official. Do that and uh, in addition to that, of course, engage in the legislative process with, with testimony and what have you. But it's that personal touch. It's very impactful here in the state. And nowadays, young people also are great at organizing and mobilizing uh, social media. Use social media as a, as a weapon to try to influence people to do the right thing. Instead of it being negative, use it as a positive and, and build large coalitions of people and have them uh, talk to the legislators. Because I'll tell you, Having been a legislator, when you see hundreds and hundreds of people weighing in on an issue uh, and doing it in, a, in an organized fashion, it's pretty important. And that's how you'll motivate legislators. Well, we know that you've also had quite a social media presence during the time of COVID. So a lot of folks were looking to some of your Facebook posts and some of your other information to get the latest on what's going on. So social media is definitely an opportunity. Josh Ching, have you been able to use and utilize that resource to try and help promote some of the causes you are this passionate about? Yeah, so social media has been one of the best vehicles, um, I think, for youth advocacy, um, especially in the causes that I've been pushing for. Um, specifically with the Youth Council. We've been using uh, mainly Instagram and also our website to try and educate people about our about our council and how you can further get involved um, in the fight against big tobacco. 
Um, for those who do want to join the Youth Council, uh, you can go to hiphi.org slash youth. That's hiphi.org slash youth. Um, and I highly encourage any youth interested to, you know, join our coalition uh, to take the fight to big tobacco. Well, and that's a positive way to consider using social media and using ways to engage with people locally in Hawaii and also find out what are some of the efforts that might be taking place across the mainland. Sometimes we find that they've come up with a great way to handle things that we could learn from right here at home. I want to give you an opportunity to weigh in and give us your your additional information, Lieutenant Governor, just so that we can all be clear what efforts we can all take. You mentioned know who your legislators are, know who your councilmen are, know who your representatives are. And if somebody really felt that passionate about something, particularly looking at this tobacco situation and how we want to decrease the availability of, of flavoring for our youth, there are ways that they can really make this an effort. The legislation is taking up some of these efforts right now and looking at some of the bills. Do you think, you mentioned earlier, three to five years to get some attention. Do you think in the next couple of years we're going to see some significant movements in this area, Lieutenant Governor? I do. It might even be this year. This year there's been a lot of uh, turmoil at the legislature, and I think um, that has brought more attention to what they do. So there's a little bit more sunlight on the process. And a lot of times bills died in the past, kind of a, a lonely, quiet, and secret death in committee. This time, there seems to be a little less of that. And issues that people are passionate about, it is an election year, may have a chance to really move. This is one that, though, the, you know, the very movement that's occurring with Josh, these are not necessarily voters. However, they are demonstrating the power of advocacy. And then, of course, all of their parents and extended family are watching what these excellent young people are doing. So there is a good chance. Uh, every once in a while, a bill will pass in the first year, but Josh and his and his uh, peers have been at this for a few years now. And I know because I've signed with them a few times and I've seen their passion in the legislative building. So they're going to win eventually. This will happen. But they're up against one of the largest and most powerful industries in the world, that being big tobacco. And so it's really hard. I only had one significant win against those guys um, early in my career. I was in 2006 when we when we really increased the tobacco tax. And then we went years before passing any other good legislation, before getting some other wins. So I would preach patience, but also the necessary urgency of what Josh and, and friends are doing is really, you know, it's incredible. Patience, persist, and persevere. Well, those seem to be good ways that we can hopefully see that our our youth are motivated. And, you know, Josh Ching, you're going to be finishing high school soon. How are you going to be able to stay active in what we're doing here locally? Do you have ideas on how you can still be part of this coalition or how you can mentor some of the folks that might be interested in it because they've heard about how well this has had an impact for you? Of course. I mean, I'd love to help mentor uh, the underclassmen who are part of our coalition. But, of course, our coalition also includes college students. Um, and so, I mean, I'd be more than happy to continue my work here in Hawaii. Um, but I'll, as I also look uh, at colleges in the mainland. Um, I'd also love to take uh, my fight to a national level as well, continuing to fight for um, an end to the sale of flavored tobacco products, all of them um, on a national level. 
Well, we'd love to have you continue, uh, not just here in the local coalition, but also uh, to continue even when you're a college student. I think that's a fantastic opportunity that you've enabled other people to see and some of your classmates to see how much of an impact this has really had for you as well. So I I definitely look forward to hearing great things about how you've done in the future. I do want to thank Lieutenant Governor Josh Green for taking the time today to help really discuss some of the emphasis that you've put on the efforts to try and reduce the availability of flavored tobacco, but also the many years that you've tried to work to reduce the availability of tobacco in the state. We now have the age of 21. Hopefully we will see some of these efforts also take place in the flavored tobacco community as well, reducing exposure to this product. I also thank Josh Ching. You've spearheaded this for the last several years. You've been part of the Tobacco Free Coalition, and you really put your time and effort to good use, and hopefully we'll see these bills come to fruition. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week right here on The Body Show. We'll talk more about health and how to stay well. See you then.